a lot more intellectual than heartfelt. Sometimes we're really logical, and sometimes there's not that much feeling that comes into what we do. And we can understand the reasonableness of some truth or reality about God. God comes and he tells us things about himself, and we can hear that. We can know it. We can logic all of that out and agree with it. But sometimes it's hard for us, I think, to feel it. And it's especially difficult in terms of having a sense of total confidence about what it is that God has done for us. It's kind of like this. Are there in the audience today any bungee jumpers? Anybody who's, who's you've bungee jumped? Way to go. Anybody else? Steve, you bungee jumped? Very good. Anybody else who's bungee jumped? Well, that's the question. Exactly. You know, when it, when it comes to bungee jumping, or, or if I think about for a moment the, the idea of skydiving, you know, it wouldn't bother me at all. If, if Megan came to me and she said, Dad, I've decided I'm going to go bungee jumping, I would say, have at it. And the reason I could say that is because I absolutely trust the system that they have in place for bungee jumping, okay? And I know hundreds, thousands of people go bungee jumping, thousands of people go skydiving. It's almost, almost foolproof. And so every now and then you see those videos on YouTube of where the, the cord breaks or something. But most of the time, the vast majority of the time, the odds are totally in our favor that it's going to be fine. And so if Robin said to me, I'd like to go bungee jumping, I would say, you have flipped your lid. And then I would say, but go ahead, if, you know, if that's what you want to do. If Robin came to me and said, I've decided that uh, for my next birthday, I'm going to go skydiving. You know, I would say, that's great. In fact, I would say, I'd like to be in the plane. In fact, do it twice. I'd like to be in the plane when you go out the door. That would be kind of cool. And I'd like to be on the ground for the next one so I can watch you coming down. I would totally trust the parachutes and the, those who are working with her. I could totally do that. But there is one thing I couldn't do. I couldn't do it myself. I just couldn't. Like I know that I would be one of those people who puts on the harness and everything for bungee jumping and I would walk up to the precipice and stand on the edge and I would be ready to jump and I don't think that I could do it. And it wouldn't be because I don't trust the harness and the people who are putting it all together and all of that. I could stand by and watch a loved one do it and I would be totally trusting in that. I would say, yeah, Megan, jump! Go, Meg, have fun. I would be thrilled for her to be able to have that experience if that's what she really gets into. But I don't think I could do it. And there is one very good reason why I couldn't. It's because right after you jump, whether it's off the bridge or out of the plane, for a moment, I'm going to be in free fall. And where some people might say, what a rush, I would experience terror. It would scare me to death. And so even though I intellectually, logically trust that this would be a safe move on my part to participate in that, I couldn't do it. And I, it's because I would be terrified for that moment. I would not want to experience that feeling. 
And it's not that I think I'm going to die. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't think I was going to die. It's, it's that I don't want that experience of terror. The feeling itself is something that I just don't think I can handle. Now, I don't mind at all the thought of death coming and being with Christ. Someday we're all going to die. I've thought about this. Some of you who are older, you've thought about your own mortality. I've thought about my death. One of these days it's going to come for me. There is nothing that scares me about death. It's not the death that scares me. It's that moment just before death. Like it's, it's that being in that automobile accident and seeing that semi come right at me and that last moment of where I get crunched and the thought of the pain that I'm going to experience just prior to death. That's what scares me. It's the idea of, if I did jump out of a plane, that at some point, that parachute, if it doesn't open, I'm going 90 miles an hour, the ground is approaching me very fast, that alone would terrify me, and then a few moments later, you can take everything that I am and put me in a pizza box. And that kind of terrifies me. The crunching of the bones, the breaking apart of the joints, the destruction of my entire body. That kind of terrifies me a bit. Now, logically, again, I think it's really safe. People should skydive. I think they'd have a lot of fun. But it just doesn't intrigue me at all because of the possibility of that feeling, that sense that when I jump out of the plane for a moment, I'm going to be in free fall and there's going to be dread. So, Meg, if you want to go skydiving, I'm totally down with that. I trust the systems. I'll watch you go. But I'm not going. It scares me. Well, my sense is that there is supposed to be something that happens between God's spirit and the human heart that actually is a lot more like feeling than it is the logic of knowing of what God has done for us. But I think there are too many of us who spend our lives feeling like we just jumped off a cliff. And I've talked to people who experience that. The sense that life is not all that joy-filled. It's not really filled with peace. And even though we as Christians can say, well, I know that God loves me. I know that God saves me. I know that I'm his child. There's still this sense that things are not as peace-filled and joy-filled as we want them to be. And I'm convinced that God wants something else for us. In fact, I would say that the Holy Spirit came to take away that feeling. And so listen to these words from 2 Corinthians. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no... But in him, it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Now, it's God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. In fact, he anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. There's a guarantee there, it says, from the spirit about what is to come for you and me. Now, there's a couple of things that we need to take note of. First is, this says that yes, we belong to God. Yes, salvation is a fact. Yes, we have Christ as the gift of salvation, and he died for this purpose. 
That's the logical, reasonable part. The truth part. Yes, God sent his son into the world to save sinners, of which I am the worst. Yes, while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Yes, he came to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus actually says that the Spirit helps us with this truth, helps us understand it. And so Jesus says, I'll ask the Father. He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. That's the knowledge part. The head part, the truth part that we need to accept. And my guess is that when I look around the room today, there's probably uh, 85 people here who believe that. That knowledge part, that head part about what God has done, there probably are very few people, if any in the room today, who don't believe that. I think we all pretty much believe what it is that God has done for us in Jesus. But I'm not convinced that all of us feel exactly the same on the inside. And that's the second part of what the Spirit is supposed to do. What this says is that God decided not just to give us the facts. He actually sent the Spirit into our hearts to guarantee our hearts about what it is that He's done. He wants us to both know and to feel like we're saved in Him. He wants us to understand it and experience it so much that we act on our understanding, and on our feeling. God literally wants us to jump into life with Him. And it's risky. It seems as though there's going to be this awful feeling of free-falling when you jump into a life with Jesus Christ. What's it really going to feel like? And for that very purpose, God sends His Spirit so that what we feel, instead of terror is peace. This last week I was uh, speaking with a group of young adults and I asked them about how sure they felt about their relationships with God. And there was one particular young lady in the class that I immediately felt bad for her because with a great deal of openness she shared about how she really didn't feel very assured about her salvation at all. And I have to admit that there was a certain sadness that came over me. You know, we went around the room and I said, how do you feel? What do you feel in terms of your relationship with Christ? And she was the one who really obviously didn't feel like she was the Lord's. And I was so moved as I thought about this. She's 22 years old. And totally anxious about her life in God. There was a sense of dread. You could hear in her voice hopelessness concerning her relationship with God. Christ died to save her. He did save her, but what she feels is anxiety and you could even say terror. And what I want for her is something entirely different. I want her to experience what it is that the Spirit came to bring. And what Scripture says is that the Spirit came to bring to us His peace. Listen to these words from John 14. 
Jesus says, all this I've spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. And I don't just give it as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. How is it that we cannot be afraid? Afraid is a feeling. What is going to change in my life that makes it so that I won't be afraid? And Jesus says, well, it's all through the gift of the Spirit that I've given you. The Spirit is a guarantee from God. A truth about Jesus, yes, but more than that. A sense in my heart, the Spirit coming into our hearts and giving us peace. And so we say things like, Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And that's exactly what God wants to do with us, is give us that kind of peace. And so if you're here today and you don't sense the peace of Christ, and I'm guessing there are some, I want you to be praying about what it means for you to understand what the Spirit wants to work in your life. Because the Spirit is God's gift to you of a sense of peace in him, a sense of confidence and blessing that allows joy to be us. We can be joy filled because of the peace that Christ's spirit comes to give us. Of course, there are some people here today who may not be recipients of that yet. It's possible that you don't know it. It's possible you don't have this kind of peace at all. I can remember in about uh, 1983, my wife and I bought a fan. Like it was, it was warm in Los Angeles. We didn't have air conditioning. And so we bought a fan. And we used the fan quite a bit. You know, it, it came with a five-year warranty, five-year guarantee. And so I was really pleased with that. We actually paid quite a bit for this fan. But then in 1986, we moved from L.A. to Victoria. So now we're living in a different country. But what I discovered when I moved there was that not far away, there was a Sears. And I bought the fan at Sears. So when the fan, after about four and a half years into a five-year warranty, went out, I told Robin, I'm going to take this fan back. It says it's supposed to be good for five years. And we've had it, you know, four years, 364 days, and it went bad. So I think we should be able to take this back and get something. You know, and I'm thinking at the same time, well, it's another country. I don't even know if Sears Canada and Sears in the States are the same thing. Who knows if they'll give me my warranty. But, you know, I, I might as well try it. So I walked into Sears and I went to customer service with my fan. And I said, you know what? I told him the whole story. I'm from the States. I bought this fan in the States. I've got this fan. I've had it for a long time. To be honest, I've, you know, it's, I'm just about to the end of the warranty, but I'm not quite there. And I'd like, you know, can you do anything with this fan? And I'm thinking he's going to say, yeah, I'll give you 10% on a new one, you know, or something like that. Well, the guy turns around, he leaves, he's gone for a little while, he comes back, and he has a brand new fan. And he hands it to me, and he takes my old one off the counter, he gives me the fan and says, this, sir, is yours. Have a great day. And I was blown away. Absolutely floored. How could it possibly be, this warranty, this guarantee, that it was still valid after all this time? Can you imagine what would have happened if I would have just said to Robin, well, it's not like the world would come to an end, but what if I would have said to Robin, ah, that warranty's not going to be honored. Let's just go buy a new one. 
I would have been out of all the money. And they were expensive fans. I would have been out on the money that it cost me. But it's even worse because, watch this. I have the fan. And now I'm tangled up in the microphone. This fan is the replacement fan that I got in about 1986-87 in Victoria. And watch. If I can turn it on. I'm not strong enough. There we go. It doesn't have a rubber thing on the leg anymore. The rubber grommets from these things, they're gone. Because it was 30 years ago. But the fan runs great. And it's, it blows pages still. It's, I've, got, I've got different speeds. I can turn it off. I can, tur- I can turn it on. No, I'm kidding. I can turn it to medium. Here, go down. And I can turn it to low eventually. There, see? It even goes to low. The knob off the back is gone. As I said, this rubber thing's gone. The other parts of it aren't there, but it's 30 years. The thing still works. I never would have had that opportunity if I would have just said, let's just go buy a new one. Now I've got a 30-year-old fan I paid for in 1982 and then got a replacement. Well, I was talking to somebody else recently here. I can't remember. I was thinking this morning, was this Peter? Was this Michael? It might have been Jordan Clark. I can't remember. Somebody was telling me that they recently had an experience like this where something went out in their house, like with a refrigerator or a deep freeze or something, and they went back to the store and said, you know, I'm, I'm out here. My, my freezer's gone out. And they, they were thinking, what is going on? How, you know, am I going to get something on my warranty here or what? And, and he specifically said, I don't normally buy the warranties, so I didn't really expect that I had one, but it had been long enough ago that I couldn't remember. So he went to the counter and said, could you check for me and see if I got the warranty? Well, lo and behold, it turns out that his wife bought the appliance. And she got the warranty, which he never would have done. So she, with all of her wisdom, gets the warranty, and he gets a brand new freezer or whatever it is because the warranty was still good. Again, there are so many people in our world who have no clue, both Christians who should understand the Holy Spirit and those who don't know Christ at all, who don't have a clue about what they are missing in Christ with the coming of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And the peace and the joy and the satisfaction that should be ours in Jesus, so often it's not ours at all. Simply because we don't understand what it is that God has done for us. And the point is, Jesus bought for us the extended warranty. Jesus gives us the peace that comes through the presence of the Spirit in our lives. And all we have to do is claim what's already there. We simply claim what we are. Claim what we have. But we tend not to do so. And instead of experiencing the peace and the joy that Christ offers, we limp along in frustration. So often not experiencing the kind of life that God wants us to experience. And not understanding what's there. The Holy Spirit comes as a deposit. A guarantee. A seal. 
of what it is that we have in Christ and in the process fills us up with his peace. And we need to know that and live out that peace in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, you have given us this wonderful deposit and gift, this seal and guarantee. And God, to our detriment, there are times when we have seen the scriptures and and understood that something was there, but we've never really placed ourselves completely in your hands. Whether out of fear, misunderstanding, the Spirit wants to come and do something in us, Lord, and we sometimes just don't allow it to happen. And Father, I pray that you would work in the lives of each person here, your sense of guarantee, your sense of peace. Bring the Spirit, Father, into our lives. Help us to realize His presence and help us to live in light of that gift of peace. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen.